well, what's wrong with sharing your bed? I didn't say I slept in the bed. Even if I did sleep in the bed, it's okay. I am not going to do anything sexual to a child. It's not where my heart is. I would slip my wrist first. I would never do anything like that. But That's not Michael Jackson. I'm sorry. That's someone else. Hi, I'm Sherry Todd, a former DJ, now podcaster. Every week, I hope to take you on an adventure that informs, inspires, and starts conversations. I want to get honest, and I want to get to the heart of life and love. There's going to be good days, bad days, good shows, bad shows. And just like life, we have to figure it out. And I want to figure it out loud. Welcome to Sherry. That was Michael Jackson from a 60 Minutes interview um, in 2003. While he was out on bail awaiting trial on charges, he sexually abused a 13-year-old boy. Michael Jackson, obviously, you remember, was not found guilty. Um, I watched uh, Leaving Neverland, and I thought I would come on here and talk about it because it kind of affected me. For those of you who don't know what Leaving Neverland is, it was a um, it's a two part documentary on HBO that focuses on two men who alleged they were sexually abused as children by Michael Jackson, and um, it's also followed by an interview uh, with Oprah. And I watched it, and by the way, for the record, I believe the men. I believe they were molested by Michael Jackson. Just as I believe all the women that have come forward about uh, accusing R. Kelly. Um, it was hard to watch it. I, I think what was harder for me was the interview with um, Oprah afterwards. Um, I it it well first what bothered me is is how the backlash from all this, how people are still defending Michael Jackson. And I get it, they're defending Michael Jackson, the celebrity. They don't know who Michael Jackson was behind closed doors. You're only seeing what the publicist and everybody else want to put out there. He's in show business, so he's entertaining. This is his job. Uh, What he does behind closed doors, nobody knows. Even his family doesn't know. I mean, there was that serial killer, I think it was BT or BK or something like that whose daughter wrote a book saying she had no clue that her dad was a serial killer. You know, he would go on wherever he'd go, trips come back, and everything would be like normal. She had no idea. You don't know who a person really is. I think we all keep secrets. We all have one secret, I think, that we don't tell anybody. I think everybody probably has that. And it could be like some little stupid thing or it could be something traumatic, who knows. But I think we all have a secret in us. I think Michael Jackson, along with R. Kelly, if you saw his interview with um, Gail King and he went like crazy out of control, I truly believe that both of them believe they they aren't actually hurting anybody. They know it's illegal, but they know they're not hurting anybody. Like they're thinking like we're not raping anybody. You know, I mean, you watch the episode of Leaving Neverland and you see how Michael groomed them. And during the um, interview with Oprah, the, the boys were named James and Wade, by the way. Wade says that, you know, the grooming started way before they even met them because they were in love with Michael Jackson. He was their idol. I mean, can you imagine a seven-year-old kid 
meeting their idol. idol. Could you imagine what it was like when you were seven and you met, you know, whatever thing that you were obsessed with at seven, you know, Winnie the Pooh, Mickey Mouse, whatever it was, and you met them? It would be like, it would just be so overwhelming to you as a kid. And they met Michael Jackson and not only met him, became friends with him. He, he, you know, invited them to his house and, and Neverland, which was like a big old amusement park as it was, you know, he would take them on vacations. He would go to their houses and have dinner with the family. You know, this is a dream come true. And these boys loved Michael Jackson. They were, they loved him. And the fact that he was abusing them, they overlooked that because they loved him so much. And I, and I get that, you know, you're a little kid, you have no idea what's going on and you're trusting this man. So you're okay. And plus this man's telling you, you say anything, you're going to go to jail. I'm going to go to jail. So don't say anything. You know, they love Michael Jack and they don't want him to go to jail. You know, my stepdad said the same thing to me. Not that I was going to go to jail, but he said that if I told anybody, I'd be taken away to live with another family and my mom would hate me. And Jack knew. Jack knew how terrified I would be about that. He knew how close I was with my mom. He knew how terrified I would be. And he played on that. And that's what child molesters do. And to, to listen to people defend Michael Jackson even his family, you know, and it's like, come on, he lived in Santa Barbara and you guys lived in Encino. It was like two hours away. How did, how did you even know what was going on in his life? You know, it's just confusing to me, all of this stuff. And, and I found after watching this episode, um, I watched it, you know, four hours. It's like, well, it's like one and a half. So it's like three hours long and well, it's about four hours. Yeah four hours long, and then Oprah. And I had a really hard time sleeping that night. I mean, I usually, I'll sleep, if I have a good night, it's like four hours straight, six hours straight. If I have a, if I sleep eight hours straight, I'm dead, (laughs) because I never, ever sleep that long. I've never been a good sleeper. It goes back to my childhood. I know that I'm listening for the danger. And it's something that it's, it's part of me now, you know, because Jack would always come in my room at night. So it, that's, I just never go into a deep sleep, but I was waking up like every hour, hour and a half. It's like, what is wrong with me? And then when I finally woke up for the morning, I had all this anxiety and it could have been that I was also tired, but I knew I was feeling stressed. I was like, what is going on here? And again, it, it goes to show that you never, it's always going to be there. If you suffer anything traumatic, it's always going to be there. And you have to learn how to deal with it and, and you find ways, you know, this is one way that I'm doing. I'm, I'm coming on here. I'm talking about it, hoping that other people understand and, and they're like, okay, yeah, I went through that too. I get it. I get it. For me, what helping is I'm coming on here talking about it. But if you have somebody you can sit down and talk to or listen to somebody who, who was talking about, I went to, um, rain.org and they even have a statement on there about um the documentary and everything and how a lot of people were having a hard time after watching it because if you watch other kids have gone through what you've gone through it is hard it's hard because you start to relive some of it and and you like me you 
start to develop some kind of anxiety. I, I don't, like I said, it upset me. What upset me most uh, was the Oprah interview when she's interviewing James and Wade. Wade, by the way, um, I can't remember their last names, but Wade became um, a popular choreographer, choreographer for um, like Britney Spears and NSYNC and, and things like that. So he was more um, outgoing and more talkative. James, he was very quiet. And watching him, I, you know, if he could have just sank into the chair and disappeared, I think he would have. And you could see him like grabbing the, 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 um, the arm of the chair. And something that I do when I'm stressed, I kind of like grab on stuff and kind of hold tightly. And a lot of times I don't even realize I'm doing it. And you could see him doing that. And I just like, I was kind of worried about him. It's like, wow, he may not be handling all this as well as Wade because they denied it for the longest time. They, when the first, like from uh, 2003, when all this first came out, you know, everybody came up to them and said, did he do anything to you? Did Michael do anything to you? And they all said, no, no. They both said, no, no. Partly because they were afraid they will tell, they'll go to jail. And second, they still loved Michael and they wanted it to, to, to protect him. They didn't want him going to jail. And that's part of the grooming. You know, they just, they just loved Michael. I, I, I didn't watch all of Oprah's interview. I fell asleep, but I thought, I wonder if how they felt when they found out he had, you know, died, what their reactions were. But, um, I had no remorse when my, uh, rapist, not rapist, but, um, sexual abuser died at all. Um, I did not love my abuser like, like the boys did. Um, I didn't like him. Now, if Jack was somebody famous, it might've been a different story. You know, a lot of people are saying, you know, these two guys are just after the money, but you know what? If Jack had been a millionaire, you better believe I wouldn't went after him for money. There wouldn't have been one bit of hesitation. I would have went after him for money. So for people to sit there and say, well, you're just going after Michael because he has money. Well, yeah. Look what he did to me. He's going to have to pay somehow. And I, I, I don't get it. You know, when it comes to sexual abuse, we'll, as a society or, or whatever, they tend to defend everybody. I know R. Kelly people are defending him. When Bill Cosby was going through all that, there was so many people defending him. And it was like, yeah, who would thought that Dr. Huxtable would end up, you know, raping women? You know, who would have thought? But that's what the evidence showed. He got convicted for it. But people still defend him. But then you have somebody like, say, the Dixie Chicks, who say something against the president. And all of a sudden... They are kicked out of country music. You know, people burn their records. The radio stations refuse to play them. And all they said was, you know, they didn't approve of our president. Or when John Lennon said that they were more popular than than Jesus. Same thing. People started burning their records. People stopped playing them. It's like, okay. But then you have these celebrities that are sexually abusing people, children or women, and they have all these people defending them. I just, I don't get it. 
what is wrong with that? I, I don't get it. I mean, I understand you you love your celebrities and you and you some people idolize and then you hear that they do awful things. Well, that's part of being human and you've got to deal with it. You know, you there Michael Jackson, there's no doubt he was a talented man. He was super talented. He was he broke records. He inspired other musicians. He's no doubt up there with the Beatles, up there with Elvis. But that doesn't mean that privately he was a child molester. Just like R. Kelly, child molester. That's what they are. And you have to accept it. You have to accept it. That's just how it is. Yeah, he wasn't convicted. But if you see that interview and you see these two men talk, and by the way, if you're going to watch this interview, it's very graphic. So I suggest not having children sitting around with you when you watch this. It's very graphic. But if you cannot watch it and not look at them and say, oh, they're telling the truth, then I don't know what else to say. Because it's, it's, just, it's just sickening how kids are so innocent and then we're targeted. But uh, it just showed also for me that even though I think I'm okay and something happens, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm not as okay as I thought I was. And that's okay. You know, when you've been traumatized like you were when a child, it, you know, you're going to carry it with you the rest of your life. It's just how it's going to be. But luckily, if you're able to get good help and therapy and everything else, you can get through it and live a normal life, you know. You know, I'm living a normal life. I wouldn't say I'm normal, but I don't want to be, so I'm okay. But if you're having a hard time um, and you've been through this and you're still having, you just can't grasp it. You're just like, I just, I'm just, I'm just barely holding on. Then you need to call the the sexual abuse hotline, which is 800-656-HOPE, H-O-P-E, or you can go to the website, rain, R-A-I-N-N dot org. If you need to talk, support, info, advice, they have it all. I'll put all these links in the description. And um, thank you for letting me talk about this. Uh, this is my way of kind of dealing with it and um, kind of giving my opinion, yeah, if you want to hear it or not. But we're all okay, and it's fine, and we'll get through this, and we'll make it through another day, and everything will be okay. So again, I want to thank you so much for listening. And once again, here's my friend, Alexa. Did you hear about the zombie dogs on the loose? They've been terrorizing the neighborhood. You can find Sherapy with Sherry Todd in your iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, or other favorite podcast apps. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.